thanks for joining us again. Week five, Halloween night. Uh, tonight's episode, Halloween H2O. Maddie is back. I'm back. After a, what? Long was absence. About, uh, ten weeks? Yeah, at least. Yeah, the whole lockdown really fucked us up on that. <laughs> Jared, tonight's beer. Final beer of the, the Oktoberfest. Mm. What are we on here? Well, again, we've gone local. We went with the uh, the crankshaft. I believe we decided to go with the crankshaft because it's one of the upper echelon of the series, in our opinion. Correct. Would that be fair? That is crankshaft fair. similarly has, you know, when you get onto the top list, they've got a couple of beers up there. So, And I would also suggest that, um, much like the rock hopper, I've had a couple of nights where I woke up the next morning and felt like I'd had a tussle with Michael Myers, so <laughs> it all fits. <laughs> Indeed. So let's crack the crankshaft, everyone. In. Oh, shit. <laughs> a little bit of spooch. Frothy. Business. Yeah. Mm. Ah, yeah. Good. Tasty. Mm. All right. Maddie, as you haven't been around for some time, let's get a quick sense of what you've been. <laughs> um, well, assaulting your eyeballs. <laughs> I know. I know you'll be disappointed in my list, but the, <laughs> there's some good things in there. Quick, but... quick, quick question though: Have you been watching The Bachelor? The Bachelor? Oh, no, the there's been. There's been. It's been. A, we we saw bits of it, and then we cut that <laughs> off pretty quick for the best. <laughs> well, you'd say that, but it got replaced with the entire series of Sex in the City. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that show has not aged very well. Look, I'm not going to lie. I watched Sex in the City. <laughs> <laughs> And oh, I laughed occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the worst, worst no. show in the world, but it does not do much for women, let's be yeah. honest. <laughs> what else have um, you got there, mate? We've been, uh, what else? We've watched Hacks, which is, um, I don't know if you've seen oh, that. Oh, it's on Stan? On Stan, yeah, it's actually pretty decent. Yeah, I, I heard. I started watching it and I was like, no, this is going to be rubbish. But it's, uh, yeah, like a, a show about a, an older um, comedian and navigating fame and, and losing fame and the potential of that and how people treat you different and all that sort of stuff and it's it's actually pretty good mm-hmm. written by the I think the younger girl that's in it is uh, got some Golden Globe credits so it's, it's a pretty decent watch actually mm-hmm. I saw it at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. maybe one review but let's uh, <laughs> but that was pretty decent I started what we do in the shadows so that was pretty exciting for me I'm a big big Matt Berry fan so I'm I started and I've got to get back onto it because it was entertaining. I'm, I'm really enjoying that. This is Pop. I kept on kept on watching that and finished that series. They've got an episode in there on T-Pain. <laughs> what? And, and how, how it basically starts with how Usher told him he's ruined music, <laughs> which is a thought that I've had. What? But then they go into how the whole electronic thing is a, a sort of like a, a substitute or a cover I guess for his uh, once he, he found this sound he was talking about he was looking for a sound that would, would suit him and for years for two years he was on the hunt and then he found auto-tune and, and, and mucked around with it and that became his sound and yeah, and then he talked about how he got redemption when he did a, a, an a cappella gig or he did, a, did one without the auto-tune and people were like you can actually sing so I've been listening to a bit of T-Pain lately. Mm. <laughs> Turned around. Yeah, yeah. Turned around on T-Pain. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's had a couple of... Uh, Baggers, Jerry. <laughs> We're waiting for that Vin Diesel T Pain oh, collaboration. Course, You're hanging for it. I think he's, he, his um, time in the sun may have gone past. So <laughs> I, 
I watched uh, Friday the 13th. I saw that for the first time. The original? Ooh. The original, yeah. Oh, and what were you, was your take on the so original? A lot of murders in that. Uh, <laughs> there is. Kevin Bacon's sister. We'll just see Kevin Bacon's <laughs> <laughs> It was a bit random, and obviously I haven't got the nostalgia glasses on, So, but it's taken some things that, that have been, uh, been used a lot, and uh, I could appreciate it for what it was. I'm glad that you're doing some homework. We're working our way to lethal weapon. Yeah, <laughs> you've got to lethal weapon. Yet. I haven't got to lethal weapon yet. It's not, it hasn't been on Netflix, so. <laughs> but lethal weapons two, two, three, and four. Well, why have they not put number one on? I don't know. I would have watched it a long time ago if it was up. Yeah, you can't jump in at number two. Like, this. come on, fucking give me number one. Nah, one's your classic. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I need to see it. I saw Venom after listening to you guys talk about it so often. Is this the, the first one or not? This the is one? this is the mixed performance Venom. The, what's his face? Is Tom um, Hardy. Tom yeah. Hardy. He goes, he does, he goes off. You don't know what the character is because he's yeah. all over he's the place. mumbling and rambling. And then, <laughs> it's a very, very random performance. But, um, yeah. That looks some good action. This is what happens if you get too much fame. <laughs> I, I feel like it's he was, he was a, like in an actor's workshop and he was I just showing give, his range of emotions. I will give Tom Hardy credit. I saw an interview with him the other day where kids asked him questions. And one of them said, what happened to your rap career? And he kind of looks at the interviewers and he goes, I was fucking shy. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do have a lot of respect for Tom Hardy, but that was, a, that was yeah, it's a crazy performance. Yeah. yeah. I got onto, I went back and watched pretty much the first season of The Chappelle Show. Mm, I which love I love, I absolutely yeah. love, because I wish off the back of the, the special. I just wanted to see if, because uh, the special just lost my interest at, at yeah. some point. I just wanted to see the, the old stuff's still magic. Oh, like yeah. oh it's still Has great. it got, is, the, is it the first season that's got when keeping it real? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mad real. Such a good take, Tyree, Tyrese. Oh, yeah. That one's funny, the yeah. creepy guy wanking in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> so good such a good show uh, yeah, movies that made us I got a couple of those under my yeah, belt yeah. I had to see the Friday the 13th one after seeing the actual movie yeah. and uh, a bit of Rick, Rick and Morty which is uh, still continuing and then uh, and I watched uh, Batman Returns which uh, okay. Danny DeVito's least flattering role you can say that he's <laughs> he's ugliest in this thing <laughs> pretty easy to do and uh, yeah so it was, it was a bit of a mixed bag but um, that's, that's the gist of it that's there it there you go yeah, yeah. Oh, there's probably more but nothing good I saw yeah. Cruella Cruella was was it any good nah it's pretty boring yeah <laughs> I've sort of skirted around it on Disney Plus yeah avoid it mm. yeah Jeff uh, so I too went through the movies that made us. I watched the three horror episodes. So mm. I got Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street, October. Knew I would have well, assumed. yeah, for someone that's that knows a bit about it, it's just kind of touching some familiar ground, and you know, you see a few little bits and pieces, but it's not really adding to anything. You see kind of new interviews with people that you've already heard from mm. occasionally, but there's not really a lot of new information. But entertaining enough for people that are fans of that. Of course, we're going to go to it. Mm. What We Do in the Shadows, season three. Yeah. I love season three. Fuck, I keep saying it, but nobody swears like Matt Berry. It's <laughs> fucking brilliant. I mean, there's one episode where he gets a fucking harmonica knocked out his gob, so every time he's fucking trying to talk, <laughs> the harmonica's playing and all this sort of shit. Like, just the way that he talks, you know, so there's one part where Guillermo's trying to talk to people and he's like, I'm going to do this, and Berry's just in the background going, the fuck you will. <laughs> it just constantly cracks me up. But yeah, still funny, still funny. Uh, Creep Show. I got into a couple of the new 
series episodes of Creep Show. I knocked over a couple more of those. There's not as many that I was as keen on this time around. Like, I remember the first season, there was a couple of really good ones, including that Halloween one that I'm going to go back to that I really dug. This time around, there's only sort of possibly one that I really think is, is in that kind of realm. But there's still time, still a few episodes to work through. I finished Chapelweight, watched the last episode of that, worked through. Good. Really positive on that one. Very much enjoyed it. Adrian Brody, just just so good. Mm. Massively underrated. Him and Emily Hampshire kind of, you know, take uh, take the lead even further towards the end. They do a really good job of building up some of the peripheral characters. But obviously, you know, it's it's the story of those kind of core group and they kind of the ending is just yeah, really good stuff. Another episode of I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yeah. <laughs> She's tumbling, tumbling even further. I'm tumbling. really, I'm not enjoying it in the least. How have you managed to stick? Well, there's four episodes to go, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Episode five was there already to watch. I just had to give it some distance. But episode six, I believe, drops tonight. So mm-hmm. I'll check them out over the weekend. But I'm not, I'm not positive at it. In the least on that one. Well, you're halfway through it and you're not happy with it. So no, not happy with me, it at all. Get, it can't really no. go up by that much. I mean, the slasher stuff is just, it's its a waste. Like, I don't even know why you did a slasher property. But anyway, might, even, might end up doing a breakdown of that eventually. Mm. Movies-wise, I watched another Welcome Blumhouse. I watched Madres, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. Spanish name. I'm, just, I'm probably pronouncing that uh, beautifully. Perfect. Yeah, Spanish is spot on. Spanish. Um, it was actually pretty good. It was uh, not a gem by any stretch, but it was probably my favourite of the ones I've watched so far. Mm-hmm. And it tried to, to put in a little bit of the, so, the kind of social themes in there. It was working in a real-life sort of situation and, and weaving some supernatural in there. So it, it was okay. Yeah. Night Teeth. Got onto Night Teeth on Netflix, which is the vampire one with uh, Megan Fox and Alfie Allen. A couple of other names in there. I was disappointed because I didn't mind the idea so much. It was pretty straightforward in a sense, but they kind of wove this like John Wick-esque backstory in at parts, but just kind of left it there. It was just, you saw it fleetingly, but then you just go back to these main characters and they just kind of left it all on the peripheral. And I'm, I'm sort of looking at it going, that kind of could have been the interesting stuff. There's something in there that's almost like the continental but for vampires and I'm like oh shit that's where we want to go isn't it but didn't quite get there I'd be happy enough if they took another shot at it Mm. because there were certain things about it that I liked and I didn't mind the people that ended up being sort of the lead characters in in the mix but yeah not great and the last one the big ticket one Adam Candyman Ah. I got to check out Candyman finally I mean I had the t-shirts before I'd seen the movie um (laughs) But it didn't disappoint. Very happy with it. Really happy with it. I think Jordan Peele's input and obviously Nia DaCosta, I thought she did an excellent job. Absolutely loved what they did with the take on Candyman and how they shot it. I thought it was really good. And there was parts of it that were a little bit slow, but I thought the payoff and the ending was really fit and it really kind of went where you were expecting it to go once you had people like Jordan Peele getting involved and saying, hey, the candy man was kind of our, our black slasher, mm. even though the original didn't really service all that well in some ways. So I was really, 
I kind of loved where it went where they gave black creators the chance to say, what would you do with it? Mm. And I think it, the, 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 the end result is really, really good. So mm. I was very happy with that. Excellent. And that's me. <clears throat> All right. Mine was pretty quick. I finished off Heels. Yeah? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought <laughs> the ending was fantastic. Uh, and it, was, it really sort of sets itself up for something that I think would be very interesting for a season two. Fingers crossed that that's, that actually does occur. Mm. I watched uh, a show on Apple TV. Oh, fuck, uh, here we go. Well, yeah, I'm yeah. right in the mix now. I managed to get onto <laughs> Apple TV, and I, as I said, I watched Ted Lasso, and I enjoyed that. Yep. And I was scratching my head thinking, <laughs> fuck, there's nothing else on here to look for. But I actually did find one. It's called Home Before Dark, and it's about a little girl who her and her family go back to their hometown she's like a junior sort of newspaper she makes her own newspaper and she starts investigating a cold case of a missing person from 20 years ago that her father was involved in and it's really well done it, and I kind of said this to my stepdaughter this is kind of what Nancy Drew should have been mm. but what they've done That's is what that it sounds the girl's like nine whereas Nancy Drew she should have, could have been 15 or 18 or something mm. But it's taking that route. She's finding little clues and then manoeuvring towards yeah. the next thing. Um, and I'm four episodes in, and it's it's quite. They haven't taken a supernatural angle yet. No, <laughs> not yet. And that's where you need to be coming. Wrong. <laughs> uh, now I watched two films. I watched VHS ninety four. Mm-hmm. Look, it's not bad. It's just that anthology films are difficult at the best of times. And adding the found footage element makes it even harder because you've got to work around what camera angles you can have. Mm. And it was just boring. And none of them hit. I mean, there was one in there about, by I think it was a Japanese director, and it was about this mad scientist sort of grafting humans with machines. And it was so fucking boring. Even though it was super <laughs> gory and violent. Yeah. I was just sitting there going, where is this No investment. Yeah. It, 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 yeah, it's 25 minutes. How many long. segments? I think there's four. Okay. With a wraparound sort of story. Yeah. But yeah, certainly not worth your time, I wouldn't have thought. Right. Uh, I'll probably then, get to it because it is on Shutter. Yeah, yeah true. You've got I mean, to get, you get your money's worth on Shutter. I'm going to get my money's worth. But I went found footage again with The Gallows. Ooh. Which is a Blumhouse. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just say, I, I paid for that in cinema. Oh, <laughs> shit. You should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, I should be. It I was, was the only one in the cinema. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> You're the only one. I was the only one in the cinema. Actually, oh, there might have been one other person That's there. experience. It was a, it was, yeah, I was essentially flying solo. Oh, in the, it was. In the theatre. Like we just discussed, Jared, the idea was okay. Mm. The whole idea that this... Um, School groups redoing a play that was that had ended with a, you know, it's it's set in the uh, back in the day, and one of the parts of it is that a guy is hung, and when they did it, the performance in the night early nineties, the guy was actually hung for real, yeah. he died, and so they're coming back to try and do it again, and it's cursed and everything. It's an incident report, right there. It was <laughs> an incident report, all right. Jesus, that's jobs lost. I said. <laughs> yeah. But. The found footage angle just cruels the shit out of it because you can't see what's going on a lot yeah. of the time. The character holding the camera is the biggest fucking douchebag who's ever been in 
in film. He's just a fucking asshole. <laughs> Again, I think it's part of found footage is y- your actors are expected to improvise and some of them aren't very good at it. Mm. And when they're not good, they come off as really annoying. And this guy is just... I mean, you, just, you can even see it in Blair Witch Project, which is considered you know, one of the better ones of those. Yeah. But it's just it was just shit. Honestly, the genius of Blumhouse, though, it was profitable. It was profitable. <laughs> yeah, as a sequel, which gets zero percent of rotten tomatoes. Yes. I was like, how yeah. bad must it be? I actually heard the sequel was better, but I, have, I haven't. Better than a good series. I haven't ventured into a solo cinema session to, to oh, check it out. Couldn't even get a snake eye. Oh, That's man. embarrassing. <laughs> I, I I would recommend not to watch The Gallows. It's just <laughs> tragic. I did have one more, actually. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm four seasons into The Sopranos, so oh, yeah. I'm absolutely loving that. I don't think I'd... I'd watch bits and pieces, but I don't think I'd watch it properly start to finish. Because there's a movie Is there? coming out oh, really? about Tony Soprano when he was young. I see two of the blokes mm. sort of uh, wandering around doing tour shows where they're, like, yeah. telling stories. And um, podcasts, I think there's a couple yeah, of podcasts yeah. with a few of the few of the characters. Yeah, there. it's about Gandolfini's heavy breathing. You can see why mm. the bloke had an early demise. Like you do know, you do know the story of the last time that Gandolfini was on camera as Tony Soprano, don't you? No, LeBron James's pitch video yeah. to come to New York. Yeah. <laughs> they managed to convince him and <laughs> Eddie Falco to cut a scene talking about how LeBron should come to New York. Wow! And yeah. I think only LeBron's. Seen it. That's the last time that, that well, he was on camera as Tony Soprano. <laughs> Jeez. Even he didn't have a reach. <laughs> That's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> anything else, man? No, that's all. Awesome. Nothing else. All right. That's it. That's pretty, that's pretty epic. Four seasons of that. Then. Oh, yeah. Long episodes. That's lockdown for you. That's good. Lockdown content for you. That's quality. All right. Let's start powering down a little bit of crankshaft. And then here's, let's take a break. Here's the trailer. For 1998's Halloween H2O. At a secluded private school. We could have a Halloween party. A roaming orgy. I love the way this man thinks. Four students are about to learn. Where do you think I am? Their teacher's terrifying secret. Who is that? My brother. Michael! This summer, (laughs) terror won't be taking a vacation. Halloween H2O. Oh my god. Rated R Wednesday, August 5th at a theatre near you. Halloween H2O from 1998. Directed by Steve Miner, who directed a couple of Friday the 13th pictures, numbers 2 and 3, as well as Lake Placid. Mmm. He's had a reasonable career, old Steve. It's produced by Paul Freeman, who produced Halloween Resurrection. (laughs) Screenplay was by Robert Zapier. He wrote a few episodes of a TV show called Thunder Alley. (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff. And Matt Greenberg, who wrote Reign of Fire. It stars Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode, Adam Arkin as Will Brennan, Michelle Williams as Molly, and Josh Hartnett as John. Its budget was $17 million, Mm -hmm. and its box office was $55 million worldwide. And at 86 minutes, it's actually the shortest of the Halloween films. All right. Maddie, um, what's your take on Halloween H2O? Look, it, it started out a bit slow for me, but uh, Jamie Lee Curtis just does a great job in there. So, yeah, I, look, I, I've 
had some good action in there. Some of it I felt like was a bit disjointed, but it's um, I landed on a three for it. Three. Solid. Chair? Yeah, I'm probably going to be the one that uh, goes out... On a limb. Goes out on a limb on this one. Yeah, I've got some special feelings towards this one. Very oh. special feelings <laughs> towards this one. Because obviously this was one, the first one that I got to see in cinemas. And I was right in the pocket when this came out. Mm. I was in year 11. I was plastering fucking pictures of this all over my I folder. Last summer. Yeah, I, I had a folder yeah, with Scream. Like Ghostface, Michael Myers. Yeah, they were all happening. And I was getting the subsequent looks from other people in my class like, going, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've got very special feelings towards this one. And I actually think it's kind of interesting to go back to now because obviously the new Halloween timeline gives a different take on Jamie Lee, but in a similar situation, mm. dealing with PTSD almost. Mm. So obviously in H2O, it's like she's putting on this front of being much more well-adjusted, but she's still on the drink and has some issues yeah. to deal with. And I actually think the family angle is possibly dealt with better in H2O. I actually really like what's going on there. But in terms of nostalgic feelings, I mean, <laughs> if I was to look at everything, you know, realistically, I'd probably land at a snake eyes, go a three and a half, but I'm going to bump it up to a four just because I still go, I still go back to it and I still, I absolutely love it when I watch it. I just, yeah. Gordon Lovett Jr. Taken to some, yeah. It does it for you. Yeah. He does it for me. Joseph Gordon Levitt fan. I'm a big Joseph Gordon Levitt fan. Yeah. So he can have a half a star on his own. Yeah. Take the credit for that. Four stars. Four stars. Four stars. Look, I'm, I'm, I've got snake eyes. Yeah. I've got snake yeah. eyes. I think it's a, it's actually close to one of the best sequels. Mm. Partially because I think it does a, it strips it back a bit. Strips it back to what Halloween kind of was. Some really good performances, uh, and the emphasis is on atmosphere as opposed to gore and stuff. Mm. There's a couple of cock ups relating to some key components. Uh, Mask, say the mask, <laughs> the music. Yeah. But overall, it doesn't detract, and it's quite good fun. Mm. Um, so I gave it snake eyes. Fair. All right, the likes. I think straight out of the gate, they do a really good job of creating that Halloween type of atmosphere. Mm. So the way they shoot that opening sequence, the way it all looks, Michael's kind of like slinking around in the background. He's not particularly on screen that much, I don't think, if you, mm. you break this down. Mm. And so they take a less is more approach, which is what the first one did. Which is better. Yeah. yeah I think it works better for Michael Myers. It does, especially when it's done well. And I think they do it well enough here. Obviously, a couple of nods to the original that are handled fairly decently, like, mm. you know, seeing him outside the classroom and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, I think that's the, the one of the big pluses to it is it does work him in fairly slowly. Like, we get the kills early and a, a bit of his, you know, a bit of scares early, but when we get to Hillcrest Academy... We don't, yeah. It takes a bit of time to get him mm. in there and get him actually active. So, mm. yeah. And I actually also like the idea that Laurie faked her own death and moved to California and mm. took up a job. And as you say, put on a front, there's still big problems psychologically. And I do find, I must admit, I do find it highly amusing that she became the fucking headmistress at a school when um, her son's saying, you, you 
ex-husband was a fucking methadone. It's a fair, uh, it's a quick progression yeah. up the ladder there. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Especially to what looks like a fairly reasonable uh Reasonable position. It's not just like a your local government school. She's shaking some hands. I mean, that, that trip to Yosemite is yeah. not cheap. Oh, it's not cheap. Yeah, I think it's. I just uh, like that idea, though. I think it's cool. That, well, and, and the way to kind of fill the gap between part two and, and this yeah. one without mentioning the others. And, and in, in keeping with part four, where they said she died in a car. That's accident. right. In terms of retcons in the series. That's not one of the worst ones yeah, that we've yeah. seen by a long stretch. It's actually Definitely. looking at the other the other ones that have gone there and um, actually puts a reasonable explanation together. You know, it's interesting because I didn't his name's not mentioned in the in the screenwriting pairing, but from what I've led to believe a lot of this is from Kevin Williamson. Mm. A lot of the actual breakdown and basic structure of the entire film is what he came up with. Yeah. Where do you think the magician came into it? Because there was some similarities shared between that script and this one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Where was Chris Angel? Chris, Chris Angel. <laughs> this one. Bloody, what's that other guy? David Blaine. <laughs> uh, yeah. I can see him fitting right in here. Perfect. So Williamson had a fair bit to... Like his, his, his fingerprints are on this. This yeah. does feel like his kind of thing. Yep. They even talk like that. The yeah. Dawson's Creek kids who fucking That's right. nobody speaks like this at that age. And you, you know, they're, they're all super clever about it until it comes time to fucking get out of the death. Uh, <laughs> until you're in an elevator. Yeah, <laughs> until, until you're in a life threatening situation, that's when you become stupid. Yeah, you're fucking brain There's one particular character whose fucking brain doesn't even look at it. switches off when Michael turns up. I do, I do have a problem with the. Every time you're in class and the kid that's not even paying attention gives a better answer than I could as a teacher. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Mate, I wish my classes were as interesting as discussing Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I love about that scene is just, Molly, tell us your thoughts. I'd be going, uh, <laughs> oh, <don't know. laughs> Pretty good. Tell us your thoughts. Yeah. Ah, shit movie. Overrated. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, look, it's a, it's a really good cast. I was actually, I'd forgotten the quality of the cast. Yeah. You've got, obviously, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in that opening sequence. Then you've got Jamie Lee Curtis, you've got Michelle Williams, you've got Josh Hartnett, you've got Adam Arkin. He was great. Yeah, he was really good. He, in fact, he's, yeah, he gets he's, a lot of kudos. He, he, without doing anything, can calm you down. Yeah. yeah. Like the, he's the voice so, and temperament. He fits that school counsellor role. Yeah. Like, the way that he talks to other characters, like you mm. said, he, you can see the calming presence. He's just so good in that in that in a very small role. And I'll 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 throw a bit of kudos to LL Cool J. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike Buster Rhymes, where he was kind of central. Do we have to talk about it? <laughs> I'm having flashbacks. But LL Cool J basically takes a smaller role, yeah, a non-flashy role, and actually does act a bit. He's yeah. Not, he's not just there to sort of you know. Mm. Oh, there's our little Cool J, you know. He kind of sticks out like dog's balls, you know. Yeah. Um, he actually does a pretty good job. He I mean, he's the worst security guard. He's the worst world. security guard ever. <laughs> but he won't, he'll never fail to, to, to make me giggle when he sits there and goes, her tumultuous, <laughs> round, melon breasts, and then gets fucking like, yelled at by his wife. I, I love that. Absolutely love it. <laughs> Opening scene is, I actually really liked it. Yeah, good. Because it plays with the expectations a little bit. 
because you think that Joseph Gordon-Levitt's going to go in there and Michael's probably going to kill him perhaps or whatever, and he yep. comes back out and says, I've cleared the place, it turns out that Michael's next door, then I, I also think it adds that nice little touch of it's a reasonable enough way that he would have found out how where, where Laurie was. Well, Lewis, come on, put it on a fucking USB yeah. stick. Fucking <laughs> put it in a safe lockbox yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know. They just fucking plaster it on the walls, mate. But <laughs> I think it's a good example of how to bring these characters back sometimes, especially when you're looking at Marion and we see some of the more recent work where it feels like we're just bringing people back just for the sake of it. Mm. This is an idea, okay, we brought Nurse Marion back and she had a purpose. Mm. Okay, so the, the scene itself was just a pretty niftily put together sort of kill sequence to, to bring Michael back into the fold, but it actually served that purpose, right? That's why she's there. That made a little bit of sense. Yeah. So I think it's a good example of a little bit of the fan service and that's where you get someone like Steve Miner who knows how to work his way around that sort of stuff, crafts a nice little sequence and we get a reason for her. Definitely a craftsman, mate. Definitely. <laughs> oh, well, he's, he's a couple of notches above Hendler in the, in yeah, the Master yeah, Builders yeah. Association. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's definitely a craftsman. <laughs> and I do, I really like that scene where she comes back into her home and the back door's open. And she mm. walks to go get it and he comes, you just see him come walking out behind her and he kind of just looks at her for a second and he just walks off. But talking about like the callbacks, Mr. Sandman, like yes. kicking off with that, absolutely love it. And then it gets cut off by her stepping on the broken glass. Yeah. Yeah. Just little things like that are how you bring this stuff back. Yeah. It's like they know that people who know the series are going to appreciate what they're doing, but they're not just doing it without, a, a, without thinking about how it can fit into the purpose. Yeah. And I think that's one of the strengths of the movie is that it does try to do that and it does it fairly well. When they bring those familiar elements back, they do it pretty well. Mm. They don't just say, here it is, there, you happy? They kind of put it into a purpose, put yeah. it in with a purpose. I would agree with that. I also like the, the opening credits, how he kind of, he, he says, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll make a call, make sure, you know, you never know. And he, he, the, the door closed, the guy says, what did he say, Michael Miles? Yeah, right. And he closes the door and then it just starts up and it uses the Halloween theme then. And it shows all the pictures of bits and pieces and you hear the Loomis voiceover and all that. Mm, yeah. I think it's kind of a really nice way to do it. Yep. And it just it just reintroduces us to what Michael had done. I could have done with a little more rambling Loomis, a little more fire up from Donald. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what death is. <laughs> this sort of bullshit. Yeah. That sort of thing. A little more shaking of Jamie and fucking yeah. yelling at her. Tell me what you That sort of shit. That could have been good. Yeah, yeah. A little more child abuse. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We all know how I like to see children run over by bloody steamrollers and shit like that. So yeah. That'll never get old. Yep. The scene in the toilet. Good. I actually think it's... It's fantastic, actually, because I love the way they start with panning across and you see the car that he took. Mm-hmm. And then it's not, like, overtly scary, but just the whole creepy idea that she's, she's on the toilet and then his hand just comes over and takes her bag. And, you yeah, know, I'd be like, hang on a second. <laughs> Pulling the crackers back. Well, as a nervous shitter, you'd have to, you'd have to keep <laughs> She's got a full take off again. But I think the actual best part of it is where she looks through the crack in the door. Yes, and he, and he stops, stops for a moment. Yep. 
And you think he's going to come back, you know, he's going to come back and he's going to kill her. Yeah. But he doesn't, he just moves on. And yeah. it's kind of the thing I like about this, Michael, is it feels more like, and, you know, I'm, I'm pointing more towards the, the later ones, where mm. Michael just killed indiscriminately. <laughs> fucking everyone he saw. He yeah. killed them. This yeah. is more of a... He's there is a, no purpose to killing this woman. That's right. He's on. A, he, he's got what he needs and he's... Yeah, he's, he's on out of here. And she didn't impede that. Like, he, as you said, he stops and checks it out. She's not in the way. He's off. We all know, though, he like, turned and went... Yeah. You got a big taco. <laughs> I'd be very safe. I'd be very safe. Yeah, oh, I can see you right now, mate. I would have blown the bloke's fucking hair off. <laughs> <laughs> He would yeah. not. <laughs> I'd be like, bring it on. <laughs> Michael would have stuck his hand under to get the keys and just gone, ooh. <laughs> I'll picture you doing it. It would have been like that scene in Naked Gun, you know, where she gets the. She pulls out the Chinese food and goes off of it. We've got a new idea here, guys. We've got a new idea 10 years ago. <laughs> Drop another one. It's his kryptonite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't have been able to get much uh, fresh air under the mask. No, so no, he'd have no. been in some strife. Yeah, well, he would have heard him go, oh! <laughs> <laughs> his mask off and he'd be breathing heavily. <gasps> Oxygen. Oxygen. <laughs> First yeah. words we hear him say. <laughs> yeah, but a really cool sequence. Yeah, I liked it. I did. I'm not sure about the car. <laughs> oh, yeah. That shit's not running. <laughs> That car's not going fucking 10k. Yeah. It's going about 10 metres. Especially, yeah, this is the thing. I look at that, you know, having been through having children and whatnot, when you're looking for a vehicle, child safety comes into it. I look at that car and I'm like, that shit doesn't have seatbelts. That's just the old fucking bench seat in the back. That's a fucking depression here. Yeah. It's good for smuggling moonshine. It's not a transport. It's in the back. But shit, that's no good for you. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, really good sequence, though. Yep. I remember not liking this sequence in the previous times I've watched it, but I kind of I kind of enjoyed that sequence where Laurie's been out, out for lunch and she's fucking tanked up and John's pissed off to have an off-campus lunch. Yeah. And she, she accosts him in the street and then she sends Charlie away and she just turns around and goes, what the fuck do you think you're doing? She starts fucking lighting into yeah, him and yeah. he basically backs her up and says, I'm fucking sick of this, you know. Yeah, your yeah. brother's dead. If you want to handcuff yourself to him, that's your problem. Yep. I like that. I, sort of, I thought it kind of sort of brought that, that energy to it about him trying to tell her you've got to get over this. Mm. What yeah. are you waiting for? It's such a good way to uh, establish that nobody else understands the threat as well. Mm. Yeah. So she's the only one that's got the experience. She's got the knowledge. She's the only one that's probably going to be able to handle it when the time comes. Yeah, that's right. He's lived through it, mm. but without actually seeing Michael. Mm. And so, yeah, not even understanding he understands the threat. It. Yeah. That's right. And it's kind of a, when you're dealing with a slasher and you're trying to build some depth and some character, it's not always easy because you know we've got to spend fucking... 30 minutes with Michael Myers chasing people and whatever. So it's a nifty little way to actually build on what they're talking about before. I mean, he, at at times, early in the movie, they present this little thing of, like, he's essentially caring for her at times and fucking holding her together. Yeah. And he just kind of, yeah, I really like that that back and forth because he basically says, I can't do this anymore. Like, it's basically it's time to, to live my life. 
without really, as you said, nobody else understands what she went through. He's been trying to and trying to help her, but even he's got his limit. He's fed up with it. Like it's, um, yeah, I really like it. Yeah, it's a tidy way to sort of add that little element to it. Um, mm. And I do like the fact that she nails the fucking... She gets a glass of Chardonnay and then goes to the bloke, ah, another glass of Chardonnay. Yeah. And I kind of look so... Today. Like, Today. <laughs> then she just fucking necks it. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> smashes it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how are you going back in the classroom like that? Oh, fucking I'm hell. coming back in like fucking handicapped. <laughs> 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 bubbles. Good stuff. If Lena's can act, she can teach. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, well, that's right. Two bottles of wine under the belt, and he's coming out delivering lines like a pro, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't need fucking stuffing off chuggers in the corner. Collapses, and the old Donald will be out of five hours. Yeah, but you know, Maddie's done that. He's fucking, he's chuggered in a bin, and the kids didn't know about it, so. <laughs> well, you know, not obviously not alcohol related, but. You can get away with it. <laughs> I remember, just a quick sidebar about teachers getting on the piss. I remember when... Not us. <laughs> when I was at, in, in um, I think it was in primary school, so it would have been like year five or six. Mm. We went to the Cotter for camp. <laughs> and we, we were fucking fun assing around as per usual in the middle of the night. One of the, t- the teachers, the teachers, yeah, they got sick of this fucking bullshit that was going on, so they decided to come in and separate a few of us and talk about fucking having like, in on the fucking piss all night. <laughs> the teacher that came in, he could barely fucking speak. Yeah. He just mumbled a bit of shit about, you guys are fucking too loud. <laughs> that would have been, I reckon at that time you were in school, that would have been, what, late 80s? That yeah. would have been fucking standard fare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, standard fare. <laughs> I actually also like the sequence where she finally explains it to Adam Arkham. Partly because he seems to have no interest in it initially. Just throw your there going, yeah. mm, interesting, take off your blade. <laughs> yeah. But the way she sort of, she, she mentions who she is and he, sort of, he kind of tweets her, oh, shit, you know, this is, you, you are telling the truth. Yeah. And then she's like, do you, now you want that, do you want that drink? And he's like, yep. Yep, yeah. I thought it was a really good way, again, just to establish what had happened. Um, and what she'd been through and the trauma that she's sort of been dealing with. As you said, he's been kind of receptive and kind of calming and whatnot. And I think it is kind of kind of funny because he does play it like that throughout the movie. You can yeah. see he's got that kind of edge of humour to it and whatever. And as you said, he thinks she's taking the piss and then he's kind of like, oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> Including that sequence where he goes, so what are you girls up to tonight? Oh, we're going to have some sort of date rape night and then Michelle Williams goes care to join us and he's like no 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 I'm piercing my nipples (laughs) (laughs) yeah corkscrew the garbage disposal I initially thought that was kind of stupid when I saw it hands gonna go but I thought definitely it's a nice little you know pull the rug out from under you because you think he's definitely gonna turn the garbage disposal Mm. and chop that kid's fucking hand off yes but he doesn't and then he gets the corkscrew out and he turns and Michael's standing right behind him. And then, then there's a, a brain fart in shoes. Again, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll talk about that in the dislike. Yep. <laughs> so I've got a few dislikes about that particular character. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, pain in the arse. Yeah, yeah, absolute pain in the arse. <laughs> the death of, um, I can't remember what her name, the character's name, but Joey Lee O'Keefe. 
that's the best death in the movie. It's actually got a bit of, it's kind of tense, you know, she's trying to get in the dumb waiter, he stabs her in the leg. I mean, you know what? She goes up the top, she gets out and gets her leg caught on old mate. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fly, I'm super bad here. That guy's coming with me. <laughs> <laughs> Michael's not getting the chance to break my leg but it's a nasty scene you know? and the fact that she's on the ground and she's seriously injured mm. and you know that he's just coming up the stairs like, he's yeah. well below her if she was fully fit she might be able to get away but she's yeah. not yeah. Dad, a little bit of damage is done and the fact that he hangs her on a fucking light bulb, hollows her out and hangs her on the light bulb. Yes, I know some people uh, with the newer things have had issues with Michael sort of creating tableaus as they're put into his bodies. It's like, well, he's been doing that for a while. <laughs> I mean, shit, he did it in the first one. Yeah, <laughs> dioramas. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I'd agree. That was a good one. And I actually kind of liked her. She's a likeable presence. Yeah. Even though, again, the character doesn't have a hell of a lot to do. She is a pretty likeable presence when she's on there, so you actually feel a little bit for what's going on there. Adam Arkin's death is the second best one for me. Talk about getting fucking... Make a mess of him. Holy shit. Yeah. And that's... Look, you would need to have some pretty solid forearms. You don't have to have solo like forearms. Yeah, but Michael Myers, at this point, what, he was a... He was a a spry forearm. That's right, yeah. He's a spring chicken at this point. (laughs) He could have definitely cut loose. (laughs) I think my favourite sequence with regards to where they actually get some some tense Mm. stuff to it is when Molly and John make a run for it and he comes after him and then they lock the they lock the the gate and he's they're they're backed up against the wall and he's yeah, little him. that little portal window. Yeah. And then he looks down, he sees the keys mm-hmm. and he's just like grabbing at them. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really it's really well played. It's and nice with that awesome shot of her and him looking at each other. Yeah. It's no surprise that that was the trailer shot. Yeah. You know, of him, although it was the fucking, it was that horrendous mask in the tra- in the trailer shot before they reshot some of it. But that's one of the better sequences because yeah. it all works pretty well. And then it culminates in Jamie Lee and him actually coming face to face and her knowing that, yeah, it's it's real again, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked it. And I think that it is hard to build that tension in a movie like this, but it actually does it for that part mm. she's trying to reach out and grab the keys and he's coming towards them yeah and she's, she's holding on for as long as she can to try and get them and then she realises fuck I've got to get out of there it's really well done and that that chase in general is pretty solid it's, mm. it's handled pretty well a couple of minutes worth up until that point so yeah that's pretty pretty strong sequence for mine and for me the last one is is the finale when they actually go toe-to-toe, yep. it, it works out really well. I think they do a, a pretty good job of it. That's my, my favourite part in the movie is when uh, Jamie Lee Curtis grabs the axe. It yeah. just, like, just starts calling for him. Yeah. Just like, that sort of harkens back to Loomis a little bit, calling little bit, for Michael. Yeah. Yep. I, just, I really enjoyed that. I was like, now we're getting getting somewhere with this. Yeah. It's, it's a change in pace. And she doesn't yeah. shy away from it. Which she never does. Yeah. And, the like, ending, and that's what makes it great. Like yeah. The ending is ballsy. I mean, if you look at it in isolation from Resurrection... It's it's one of the ballsiest endings, like the one of the one of the ones that really went for it. Yeah. Um, probably along with part four. 
Yeah. And of course it got run back. But if you look at it just as part of this movie, it's pretty solid. Yeah. I think it still holds up pretty well. I love the way that she, you know, he reaches out for her and then he, she kind of takes a moment and then just goes, nah. fucking whack. <laughs> like, not happening. I really like that sequence where she's under the tables mm. and he starts fucking flipping them up. Yeah. Like that. Yep. I think that's, that stuff was really cool. Yeah, I think all of that, as you said, when she kind of lets them go and then walks back in there like, we're going to finish this, mm. and actually does. She also needs Super enough. satisfying. Oh, yeah, the old, the old auntie. Yeah, yeah. It's special. Yeah, I was expecting it. <laughs> but, uh, Michael Bailey even fucking flinches. He's yeah. all like... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, that was the if for me and the likes category. What about you guys? Yeah, I had a couple going back to... Just like simple stuff like the setting. Obviously, we've seen schools and universities and shit before, but I think the the old kind of uh, exclusive boarding school set up, pretty good. Mm. It gives a few kind of locations and things like that that we can use. And I think the Yosemite thing, the whole thing about everyone else leaving, but we've got a core group. And especially because one of it's tied into Laurie and you can understand why she doesn't want him to go it kind of builds from there and you're like, okay, I can, I can, I can deal with that one. That's, that's reasonable enough. Rebellious kids kind of hanging around the place and they're the only ones that are left with this, this other, you know, handful of adults. I liked the way that they did that. Yeah. And I think going back to, to Laurie and John, I think the relationship is handled pretty well because we spoke about how he kind of gets to this point of like, I can't do this anymore before he actually gets to see, the danger that she's actually fucking worried about. They never put her into like badgering mother territory. Like that's what she's doing. Mm. But because we know who she is, there's always this sympathy for her and her, you're almost saying to him, even though he's being completely reasonable, you're almost saying, Oh, come on, mate, like cut us some slack, even though you don't, he he doesn't know about it, obviously. Mm. So I really like the handling of that relationship. And I like that sequence when they first talk about Yosemite. Yeah. And, and he, he makes mention of the ex-partner and how he's a methadone addict and all that. Yeah. He goes, he just mouths off and says, oh, well, he left you. Yeah, and he left like, you, yeah. I know you get my smart mouth, the smart mouth and my side of the family, but you've gone, you're going too far. Mm. And I, was, I thought, yeah, that was pretty solid sort of stuff. You know? mm. Yeah, I liked all that. Mentioning the throwbacks and the little nods, I sort of briefly mentioned it, but they, they just feel so much more natural than what they've been in the recent movies. Mm. And I know I've been pro- pretty positive about Halloween 218 and some of the ways that they introduced it there, but it just feels like it's done better here yeah. and it fits. And even including something like one of the ones that I really love is Janet Lee. Yeah. And yeah. how the psycho music kicks in when mm. she goes to get in her car and stuff like that. And I'm just thinking that's really good. And to have her the one, her be the one to drop the... Everyone's entitled to one good scare. It just, I think it works. Yeah. I think it actually really works well in this one. Again, I've got the, I've got the rose-coloured glasses on. And my last one, this is going to make you laugh, but it's simultaneously one of the fucking dumbest things I've ever seen in a Halloween movie, yet also one of those things that I look at and go, oh, that was pretty cool. When he fucking lowers himself down (laughs) from the roof. (laughs) When you think about it in in any depth whatsoever, you're like, that is just ridiculous. Like you would have seen him. Like how high up is he hanging? Like 
But when you see the feet, yeah, yeah. When you see the feet come down, then you kind of just see him lowering himself. You're like, "Ooh, that's kind of cool for a second or two. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I did. uh, That sequence has always been one that stuck with me for good and bad. I love the fact that he just throws it into the ground and then just walks past it. You know, after he's taken the axe out of his chest. Yeah. And then just keeps walking. Yep. Mm. That all? That, that all? That was it for me. Maybe nothing further? No, that's all. All right. Dislikes. The mask is fucking oh. horrendous. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, I mean, it looks different. There's four masks. Shot. There's four masks. If you count the CGI one, there's four masks. Where the was movie. the CGI one? Is that where he comes face to face? CGI one's where he comes face to face with Charlie. Fucking For two it. seconds, you look at it and go, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, like... When I saw this in the cinemas and stuff like that, I didn't even notice it. Yeah. But then when you go back and then you kind of hear mention of it and you're like, there's a CGI mask and then you watch it and you're looking out for it and then it's like, oh, okay, there it is. And it's just awful. It's similar to hearing that the, the, the pink head fucking <laughs> <laughs> You look closely in one shot. You've yeah. got the mask, his pink face, isn't it? The yeah, hair's yeah. white. That's right. Because they fucked up when they, well, I they think, uh, purchased the mask. Yeah, I think it was. I think they got the William Shatner masks unpainted, yeah. and they just had to fucking stick one on. <laughs> so they fucking threw Luna through a wall. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, it's so the opening sequence with Marion and whatnot. Mm. I believe John Carl Beekler made that one, and it's it was based on Halloween Six. Then they did the majority of the movie with that fucking KNB monstrosity that looks like a if not for the reshoots like well even with the reshoots the, the, the shots where you can see that it's the worst mask in the series no question yeah. even like worse than five I reckon but then they did I think was it Stan Winston yeah. came back to, to design the other one and the issue is they did the reshoots but every time there's a long shot where they think you can't see Michael you kind of can see Michael and it's the KNB fucking marshmallow on his head. Mm. And then you cut to the Stan Winston one. The issue with the Stan Winston, I reckon that one looks okay, but you can see his eyes all the time. Yeah. And supposedly it was too tight, which is why you can see his eyes so prominently all the time. You know, these guys are professionals. <laughs> Allegedly, these people making these movies are professionals. So the first thing you do when you're making a Halloween film is you get a mask made, correct? <laughs> yeah. You make sure it fits and you get an actor in place who's going to do it. You would think? That's what? 70 bucks of the budget? Yeah, yeah, fuck you. Very little, very little. You get that shit out of the way. I mean, I just, it's an absolute shambles. Yeah, it's a shocker. And you think how much money they must have spent to reshoot every time he was up close. And then how much money they must have spent to put a fucking shocking computer mask over the one that they couldn't reshoot. (laughs) (laughs) It's just ridiculous. But yeah, I would have just gone, I would have just shrugged my shoulders and said, well, that's the best we've got. That's what we've done. <laughs> Not fucking spending money to computer generate something. Yeah, I can, look, I can understand why they reshot, but yeah, when you get that scene, figure something else out. <laughs> when someone comes to you and says, we've, we've done our computer work, here's what it looks like, you go, okay, we've got to reshoot. Yeah, I don't true. care how long it takes, let's reshoot that one. But it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's a shocker, especially when you get to a scene like, and, and when you're in the cinema, you don't really notice it all that much. But when you get to take this stuff home, you know, home media and stuff like that, especially now, 20 plus years down the track. With Blu-rays. Yeah, we have Blu-rays and we're getting the 4K editions now. So 
pink faced Michael Myers is in yeah, all like his glory. <laughs> yeah, when you go back to a sequence like just before where they get to the window and it's chopping and changing, it's fucking chopping and changing between the two masks every second. Mm. It's and it's yeah, it's pretty rough. Nasty. The music. Yep. The music is only the Halloween music for that first over credits. Yep. The rest of it is just generic kind of scream. Yeah. Well, it's the same, same bloke, isn't yeah, it? Yes. Scream type of crap. Can I, can I also say that the, the take on the Halloween theme, it's like John Carpenter's original, te- original theme via fucking Dance of the Sugar, Sugar Plum Fairies or some <laughs> shit. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> it's kind of got this, yeah, it's I don't know. I just wasn't a big fan of it. Yeah, and then it kicks in with this like overly mm. done orchestral kind of version. Yeah. Not a big fan. No, and you know, they're key elements of this franchise. Yeah. I mean, you own the rights for Christ's sake. You yeah. That tells me you own the music. That comes with it. Is I mean, I'm going correct? back. I'm going back to the Halloween Six and saying, can we, can we get that electric guitar version that you didn't oh, use? Yeah. I fucking like that one. <laughs> Over the top. Yeah, I mean, like you own the rights to this stuff. Yeah. So you use the one that was in the original, then, don't you? If it as doesn't work, as soon as work, that music kicks in, you feel something, right? Yeah. Use well, it. Use it. Use correct. Carpenter, unless Carpenter owns the music. No, I'm pretty well. I'm pretty sure they, they are able to use it at their will. It's part of the original piece. So, and he hasn't been involved in every version of it. I'm pretty sure like Alan four Harris to six, yeah. I think he just had sort of carte blanche to bust out the electric guitar and fucking go nuts. But it's, it doesn't work at all. It's really poor. Mm. Now, unlike the original, I talked about the atmosphere being built and I think they do a really good job of that, but... Unlike the original, it doesn't really translate to scares. It's not a particularly scary film. Mm. No. Um, not even in the jump scare department. Even when they build up, they take that time to build him up around the place, it's not quite as kind of chilling. I mean, the one particular sequence that stuck out to me was where he's, he's kind of hanging around Ronnie's area. Yeah. He's just kind of hanging around. And he just kind of, of pokes his head yeah, in the window kind of, and then he's off. To me, you only need to see him walk past Ronnie and into the complex. He doesn't need to hang around and fucking check out what Ronnie's up to. Yeah. Because that's it, it's diluted any sort of thing of... Because all you need is him walking past. So now you know Michael Myers is inside. So we don't know where he's going to pop up next. Yeah. But he pops up immediately at Ronnie's window. <laughs> yeah. And it's also like you, you mentioned how when he pinched the car to fucking run some moonshine down Copperhead Road, he's, he's fucking... Um, he's, <laughs> he's, he's kind of already made this sort of beeline. Yeah. So when he does that around Ronnie's window, it's it feels a little bit out of place. Like you feel like his, his purpose is just to get in. He knows she's there. So when he gets in and then he kind of hovers around Ronnie and kind of peeks in and peeks maybe out. Maybe he was and listening into the story. Well, what maybe that? he was looking, you know, maybe he was enticed by the fucking tumultuous smell of breath. breath. <laughs> but yeah, it feels, a li- it feels a touch out of place. Yeah. Although you, you see what they're going for. They're trying to emulate some of the stuff in the original mm. without going to the lengths of kind of introducing him around Laurie and, and, and that crew. But yeah, it falls a little bit short. Yeah. It's kind of generic... Maybe it's just a little bit generic in the direction stakes. Mm. Adam Hanbird, who plays Charlie, 
just terrible. <laughs> it's a bad performance. It's a terrible character. Yeah. Um, his death is fucking laughable. Is this the brain fart you're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you, but there's a fucking six foot five guy standing in front of me with a white mask on. Oh, I'm not just going to go, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? I'm at least aiming for the cons. <laughs> I'm, I'm firing a knee up. Um, but his character is such an asshole. Like, yeah, he is constantly annoying. talking about fucking sex. I mean, I, I expected him to give us a yeah. If you're in, that's all he ever talks about. Yeah. He's constantly going, oh, we can have a raving orgy and all this. I'm thinking, how did you even get involved? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's painful. He's very painful. Good testy pop from him, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah, I don't know. He's just, I mean, you can imagine, like, Josh Hartnett's character looks like, kind of like he does in The Faculty, you know, the the, the kind of cool kid and whatever. Just imagine him, Adam Hanbird rolling up to him and making something about, oh, yeah, we're going to have edible sex this weekend. <laughs> He's just going, fuck off, mate. Like, uh, look, very different to approach to women. He's like, I'm going to... He's like, I'm going to tell them outright that I'm going to fuck them and I'm going to fuck them. And then Josh Hartnett's like, I'm going to light 3,000 candles yeah. and have a romantic date with you under a, under a rug and then I'm going to get the Lego. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, It's all... He's got a game plan. The other one's just a fucking... He's just come straight off the bench into the action. Look, maybe, look, maybe he's a, maybe he's a, a, a um, very tactical stick man, and he's he's kind of he's, he's <laughs> hang, having this bloke hang around, so he looks so good by in comparison. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What we what we don't realise is that Hartnett's a fucking socially awkward knob as well. <laughs> just, 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 he, he, he degrees. He's just yeah, it's just one of those performances where oh. he's. So frustrating, it's so and annoying, and I feel like the other, the, everyone else in in the group is, you know, you're, you're happy enough to have them on screen. But There's see, not really anyone that you just like. Oh, we have to get rid of this. I can't even sort of wrap my head around the fact that Jodie and O'Keefe's character would even fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I'll get the on you, mate. Going, yeah. Uh, can you get this guy out? Of here? <laughs> But it almost feels as if she's put up. I want to see the origin story. Like, how did this come about? Yeah, how did they meet? How did he sort of instead? I'm telling you, he's fucking read the game or whatever it is, jumping to cover, and that's how he's working his way in. Yeah, that's him. He's caught on. He's caught on the end of her glow up. That's right. Fucking dildo. Like. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, the performance is shit. It is. He's the least believable of the characters. But who goes into the, you know, when you're going into the casting, who says, oh, we want this this dude that's fucking constantly talking about sex and is dating one of the one of the hot hot girls around school and whatever? Who says, oh, the kid from Jumanji would be fucking perfect? <laughs> 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 I don't, I don't. I don't see it. I could see him being a horny rascal. <laughs> yeah, he's been in there for how many years? <laughs> yeah, he's been rubbing one out in the jungle for the last fucking two years. You can do it with a cheetah watching. Him. <laughs> 
Yeah, like I, I just never bought it. Never bought him at all. Never bought no. that relationship. Never bought his character. Never felt that he he would be in that group at all. And I know that sounds like I'm sort of coming off as well. You know, you wouldn't have these characters, but you just wouldn't. Like, yeah. These movies sometimes think that oh well, what we'll do is we'll we need to have an eclectic group. No. Because in reality, these eclectic groups, sometimes it's cliques. Yeah, look, we've been teenagers, we've discussed the fucking hot girls in school and whatever, but that kid, I mean, there's going to be a scene... There's going to be a scene where Josh Hartnett says, for fuck's sake, can we just talk about the weather yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, he, he, that kid is like Costanza. Yeah. Have you watched anything on TV lately that we can talk about? Costanza and the cops haven't seen <laughs> he's, he's, got, he's a sex sex right? <laughs> <laughs> you have used this much of your brain yeah. he's that guy Costanza's got more class so. <laughs> is he? <laughs> not much uh, yeah he's not as um, just obviously over the top of the sexual talk but yeah and his death is He's, He's got more class. Yeah. He tries to combine food with sex. <laughs> His two greatest loves. That's classier than this bloke. <laughs> oh, he eats out of the bin. He eats out of the bin. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's a step up. up. <laughs> he comes out of the toilet with no shirt on. I think I'd still rather have a beer with Costanza. <laughs> well, you yeah, know well, why I'd like to have a beer with Costanza? Just for the web of life. <laughs> the sandwiches. It makes good sandwiches. Yeah. I would, I would, if it was Costanza, I would purposely leave him the bill just to see the blow up. <laughs> About the tip or something. I wasn't quite as happy with the whole, I was 17 in 1978, John 17 this year. The parallel... That Michael would return specifically, almost. It's almost like she points out specifically because he's 17 years old. Yeah. Which I don't think the filmmakers were actually trying to go for, but it comes across that way. Yeah. She kind of sees the card and then she starts going, I wonder if they made it to Yosemite, and that's when everything kicks in again. I kind just of, found that a little bit sort of weak. Way. Link. It kind yeah. of comes out as an issue of them trying to trying to do this 20 year yeah. thing. But we already knew it was 20 years. She yeah. mentions it repeatedly that 20 years ago, my brother tried to kill me. Yeah. You know, we knew that. It just felt like a real lame kind of scene put in there. I don't think there was any necessity for it. Yeah. Because it, it didn't sort of harks back, well, Michael's suddenly fucking active again because John's 17. Like, her, 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 her child is 17 years old and Michael's now on the hunt. You know, yeah, he's been, been hanging around. It seems <laughs> like just really, it's really convenient and it doesn't come off at all. Mm. Look, I, I, yeah, Jared, we've had many conversations on this podcast about my hair. <laughs> but what the fuck is Josh Hartnett doing? Yeah. That shit still wasn't fucking impressive in 98, was it? No, I don't think so. But I, I wouldn't have known what was impressive in 98. I think <laughs> no. I, I think at that point I was... I was um, you were shaving up? No, no, I was working a little bit of sun in into the hair at that point. <laughs> 
prostitutes. I didn't get out. I don't want to talk. You were bringing in some sand. I was bringing in some sand. I was. That was before I just jumped straight into the dye. I was like, let's go. Let's let's just let's just dip the toes in with a bit of sun. <laughs> So, <laughs> what about you, Matty? What were you experimenting with? I was shaving my head because I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mate, you could have done some sun in, don't you? We all know what I was doing back in 98. We did a fucking platinum blonde. We did a platinum blonde, boat shoes. Ticking all the boxes. I was having a fucking interesting one. The ladies came out with their little card of exactly what they were looking for. Platinum blonde, tick, boat shoes, tick. What else have we got? Chambray shirt, tick. <laughs> Holy what shit! What did shoes actually fall? Like, do you think that they? I never really Bunker looked freezer. into it. <laughs> I mean, the closest you got to a fucking boat was the label of a West Coast cooler. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I didn't. I didn't. We got a lot of boating establishments, but also I never really checked. Were they? Did they have like? Bit of soul, so you could like, the Yeah, they might have saved you from slipping on a couple of you know, <laughs> slippery, slippery dance floors and things like that. No, no, because no, I was frequently fucking private big dance. <laughs> 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 so Stuck to the spot. All the sawdust was. I was saying, like Michael Jackson, smooth criminal. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to go to the bar for a drink and you're doing the spin. Oh, I'm still here. So the key was what you do is you get yourself up at the bar and you stay in place up there. Oh my god. Holy oh, shit. <laughs> Fucking life in the end. <laughs> but yes, back to Josh Hardy. Oh, his hair is fucking abysmal. Could have done with some sun in. I don't think it was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like the look of it. I'll tell you. That, that definitely wasn't it. <laughs> it didn't have to do with son. It was the cut. Yeah. He looks like his mum did it with a bow. <laughs> it was yeah. a bold move to say introducing Josh Hartnett. Yeah, yeah, his performance true. was not strong enough to say we're going to introduce this great talent. Had he been in anything else? No. I don't think at that point, but I think he was the starting to. Was I think he was starting to gather roles, so they were. You know, confident enough that he was going to be something that we can introduce. <laughs> yeah, well, he actually took. Uh, I, I watched that stuff on um, on the Blu-ray, and he actually seemed like a really good bloke. Mm. He's yeah, you know, very he's very complimentary to the film and all that sort of shit. But yeah, he had a bit a lot of issues after that. He sort of made him a star, and it, it didn't. He, he sort of got sick to death of that sort of. Shit. He started getting roasted on. Podcast about his fucking haircut. Like like, like, yeah, yeah, but mm. fuck Josh, you're in good company. These fucking kids are just fucking. You, 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 you,
Tested the waters. You fucking dived in. You went to top tower and just dived in head first in the old chip hazard look. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Jesus. I, I think. Know. I mean, I, I should probably. <laughs> I should probably take as much heat as you because I saw you and I still did it. <laughs> yeah, that looks alright. I'll give that a go. stage I was still impressionable I was probably looking at you going is that the ticket is that what I'm going to do <laughs> is that what gets you well no out of the sun and it was a gateway gateway drive <laughs> all I had to do was ask oh, yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, instead yeah. I just made my own decision on that yeah all you need to say was ladies nah no <laughs> I'll get you anywhere <laughs> Especially, don't they have kind of like a billowing curtain blowing? Yeah, there's a curtain there. blowing nearby, and then you see the, a shadow, and it is Michael. Yeah, it is actually it Michael. It is Michael, that's right. But then... It, it turns it, into LL Cool J. Yeah, it morphs into LL Cool J, and he uh, gets shot. Yeah, you think it's Michael, and then you hear the rock the bells, and you go, oh, no, no, that's hard as hell. You knew it was. <laughs> Exactly. Oh man! It's just—it's really. I—I—I I, I, I hate that that bit. It's—it's it's kind of real cop out. Well, that's right. Just you, leave LL dead. I mean, showing showing it as Michael kind of shows that you knew it didn't really look like Michael when it was LL Cool J coming around the corner. Yeah. So. But also, I think it seems like LL's return at the end is kind of like tacked on. Yeah. So they should have just left him as dead. That, do they, yeah, I don't know if it fits in with the other ones that I've seen anyway with the bit of comic relief at the end of it to make you feel better. Well, I think... Mate, uh, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, wasn't, I think there was uh, test screenings that said that they didn't want him to die. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. Buster Rhymes supposed to be LL Cool J? Initially, wasn't that that kind of resurrection role written? <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember, but I, have, I just feel like there's something saying that the resurrection role was initially going to be LL coming back or something and then oh, he it? didn't get any more calls and he was like, well, what the fuck's going on here? Buster Rhymes is in there now. So, But yeah, I can't, don't quote me on well, that. Look, let's put it this way. LL dodged the bullet. Yes, he did. If it was meant to be for him. In, in the film and in the, well, he, he was grazed by a bullet. But he, uh, dodge he certainly definitely. dodged it when it came to the, the next one. My main dislike is that they didn't have they wasted the opportunity for him to hit someone and say, hit, hit Mike Myers and say, Mama said knock you out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Missed. That's right. Opportunity missed. Missed way opportunity. Huge, huge missed opportunity. <laughs> I'm going right back to the Pleasance voiceover. Yeah, it's not, it's not classic. I like the idea, but 
couldn't we have just pieced together stuff that Donald had actually said and not put a a voiceover together of someone who's clearly not Donald Pleasance? <laughs> like you listen to it and someone's trying, but they're not doing very Getting well. The mark, yeah. There's got to be plenty of sound clips. Well, it's like they said, this bloke's English. He can be Donald Pleasance. <laughs> no, he can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It make a difference. It didn't sound like Donald Pleasance. Yeah. This is Tim Duncan. I can't understand you. Yeah, 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 that's right. I don't, <laughs> know, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> it, it kind of took you out of it a little bit because you knew it wasn't Donald It Pleasant. did. And I know that's a, that's a complaint for people who are deep into the series. And Donald Pleasance was deceased at the time. So. That's right. And people who are just coming into this movie... Uh, looking at that, and they're probably some of them are probably even saying, "Who's talking?" But <laughs> it's kind of, you know, it serves the purpose. But I just feel like if you're really trying to tick the boxes for the fans of the original, which you sort of are by really linking it with this 20 year stuff, mm. just give us clips of Donald. Correct. Wouldn't have been that hard to clean him up in '98. Well, yeah. Anything else? Just like what? No, don't think so. No. It's a pretty good movie, hey? Yeah. I was happy with it. Like I said, the start was a bit slow for me. but Four the, stars. <laughs> easily. <laughs> I think it did. It definitely feels it fits into that pocket of those 90s. Yeah. Definitely. Those late 90s uh, teen screen. It feels like it would have fit. It, it, yeah, it would have fit in the screen. Yeah. The screen franchise. It would have fit in and know what they did last summer. Yeah. Mm. And I feel like there's a couple of things, times in there where it sort of took me out of it because it was trying to do that. Like... When they were watching Scream on the TV, it was like yeah, little yeah. things like that. But I thought Gordon, what is it, Gordon Lovett? He, he, um, he was like a little bit smug in the role. Like he was oh, sort of smiling at the camera like, oh, you know what's going to happen now. And I thought yeah. there's like a little bit of that that I can totally I get. Like too clever. Yeah, I can yeah. totally get it though. Um, are you coming? And the bloke goes, yeah. I'm going to stay here and look after it. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the... Um, it did make it a pretty satisfying when he copped the boot in the head. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, that was good. Solid. Changed the mood. I also loved him. I don't know. I still laugh when he walks in there and he's like, Jimmy's got a little crazy with the stick this season. And, like, you can look at him and you're just like, fuck, mate, you're in the pool. Like, yeah. It's, uh, and then he, it's and he shits himself when the iron thing is at the iron yeah, falls yeah. out of the cab- cupboard. Yeah. Just in the mess they made in your kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> he just walks off. All right, that is Halloween H2O. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Podomatic, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Send us an email, thrillme at ionet.net.au. We're on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia, Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com, and Instagram at thrillmepodcastau. Keep an eye on our Facebook page for details of the next movie. But until then, happy Halloween, and... Uh, We'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.